The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We are come to the end of this series that I've been talking about, Encountering Jesus. And uh, the object of this series has been really quite simple. It's just to help us, even help me, see what happens when people encounter Jesus. And, you know, even when we were singing those songs this morning, all of those songs had very much the themes of what we've been talking about when we see people who encounter Jesus. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we wanna, I want to get it into us. It's too much head knowledge with us. We heard stories, we've read a bit of the Bible, there's lots of head knowledge. We don't just need head knowledge, we need heart knowledge. We need to know that this Jesus, who encountered people when he was here on earth, wants to encounter people today. And he hasn't changed. What he was doing then, he wants to do now. And he wants us to have faith in him. He wants to have confidence in him. He wants us to believe that even though we're going through difficulties, he cares for us. And we've seen in some of these short encounters, some of these short stories that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, we've seen these things. Jesus looks out for lost people. With the story of Zacchaeus, he came to the tree where Zacchaeus was there looking out for Jesus. He just wanted to see him. But Jesus came to him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. I want to spend time with you. Jesus wants to spend time with you. You might have come here and you've got your own personal issues, baggage, stuff that's going on, trouble at work, trouble in the home, trouble, with, I don't know what it is. But Jesus wants to encounter you where you are. You're special to him. And whatever tree you might be hiding up, he's coming to find that tree because he cares about you. That's how it is. We need to get ourselves into the, the midst of these stories and to see, like, although we're reading it and, oh yeah, that's ages ago, the same person is here today by his spirit and he wants to encounter us. So we looked at Zacchaeus. Jesus sets people free. There's the woman that's been bent double for 18 years. Jesus comes to church, sees her, sets her free. Why? Because he wants to set captives free. She was bound by a spirit and had been bound by a spirit all of those long years. But Jesus sees her. He wants to set her free. Are you bound? What's holding you? What vice is gripping you? What is it that you can't get over? What is it that you've been struggling with, but you never seem to be able to be released from? You know those things that are secret to you? personal to you, that you don't want others to know about, Jesus sets people free. He sets people free. He is the same. Listen to this. He is the same yesterday. So what's happened? Oh, that's just Jesus. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. We've been singing about the faithfulness of God. That's what it's saying. Our God doesn't change. And therefore, it gives us that strength of, could I trust him? We have to start somewhere. Could I trust him? And you see that as you look more and more at Jesus, 
and what he's like. It goes from a could I, maybe I will, I am going to trust him. I trust him that he can help me. That doesn't mean to say that everything's sorted out. But it changes our position and it positions us to a place where he can really work in our lives. That's what we want to see. So Jesus, Jesus is full of compassion. Last week we saw him encountering this widow, just lost her son. She's weeping. Don't cry. Don't cry. Because his heart went out to her. I can see the pain you're in. I understand the suffering you're going through. I'm with you. I'm with you and I want to change those circumstances around. In that case, he raised her son from the dead. He is able to do what we are not able to do. The things that are impossible for man are possible for God. You see how we're talking about the extremes. We're talking about beyond ourselves. That is God. He is beyond us. God is the only uncreated one. Let's get hold of that. That's why he's able to do it. He made us. And he's given us gifts and abilities. And he's given us all sorts of things to enjoy. And he's given us people to encounter and to work with and have a relationship with. But he's beyond us. He's above us. He created us. He is the uncreated one. The author of all things. The one, it says, who upholds all things by his powerful word. From moment to moment, he sustains the universe. That's why when our issues, which bind our lives and which cause us great struggles, he is above those things. I want us, as we look at these, I want not just us, I want my heart to be raised in faith. So that as I see Jesus, I understand he is the answer that I need. He's the one that I'm going to go to. Because he understands where I'm coming from. And you know what? He speaks truth Last week we looked at the man, the rich man who came to him. You know, what must I do to gain in, inherit eternal life? I've done this, I've done that, I've done that. But Jesus speaks the truth to him. One thing you lack. He has insight into his life. I can see this is the issue for you. Don't we want to know what the issue is? Because sometimes we say, God, I've prayed this, I've prayed that, nothing seems to happen, I've done this, I've done that. I've read my Bible 15 times and I've said, whatever. I've even fasted. I've done all of those things. He can speak the truth, what he knows. He gives insight. And we want to come to him because we need insight. Do you need insight? Lord, what is it that's holding this situation? What is the real issue behind what I'm going through? The people in the synagogue thought the woman bent double was just sick. That's it. But Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, everything can change. What we want to do is to invite Jesus in. Are you ready to invite Jesus in? Into your life. Lord, come and do whatever you need to do. Come and bring me change. Now, the first thing we're going to look at this week is a, is a father. A father who had an epileptic son. At least that's how it's described in Scripture. It's found in Mark chapter 9. And the scene, let me just set the scene for you because this... This father has actually come to the disciples, and the disciples did some healing work and stuff on behalf of Jesus. He, he, so that he, they've come to him. Jesus isn't here, but the disciples are, or most of the disciples. 
And, and they're asking the disciples, hey, can you help me out? So there's been this discussion going on with the dad, explaining what's going on. I don't know whether the disciples are praying. We're not quite sure. Because Jesus and Peter and John have been on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's this place where they've encountered uh, Jesus and, and all sorts of things have happened there. And they're now coming down from there. And Jesus and these two disciples are coming to find the rest of the disciples. But as they're approaching, what's going on? There's a crowd here. The disciples are there, and his dad's there, there's commotion, there's all sorts of stuff going on. So they're coming into this scene, and this is how we enter into this whole story. So Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. Let's read it. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus... They were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What's all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I bought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean? If I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I I do believe, but help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. I'm just going to look at this under a couple of headings. I came to help. I came for help. What we see is a desperate father, a desperate father bringing his son to the disciples or to Jesus, but Jesus isn't there. So the disciples, okay, they're the next best thing. Can you help me? And he'd explained what the situation was. Look, there's this spirit. It's troubling my son. He can't talk. It's giving him violent convulsions. It throws him to the ground. And when it says he's foaming at the mouth, he's spitting. It's horrible to look at. And often at home, this spirit is trying to get to kill the boy. When there's a fire there, the boy nearly falls into the fire or water. There are major problems. Please, please, I am at an end of myself. That's what the dad's saying. I've come to an end of myself. I need help. Please, can you help? Jesus isn't here. The disciples are here. So he's asked the disciples to do this. 
but nothing is happening. In fact, the disciples were having no success. Now, don't tell me they didn't try. Have you ever tried casting out a demon? Have you tried that? You might have prayed for somebody, in the name of Jesus, come out. Sometimes nothing happens. Well, what is it? Is it me? Is it them? I've done what I thought was supposed to happen. All of this sort of thing can go on in your mind. It can play all sorts of tricks. And you, it, this is the situation we find. So Jesus now arrives on the scene and there's commotion. There's hope because there'd been hope that Jesus and your disciples, you can help me. But there's confusion. Hang on, we came for help and now nothing seems to be happening. What's happening? Is my son the incurable one? Is my situation the impossible one? Have I, am I the one for whom, okay, it's, it's too much. You, you can't answer this. Perhaps that's what the dad was thinking at this moment in time. So there's this hope, and yet there's this confusion. The, the crowd are, are, are sort of like hoping that something's going to happen, and yet at the same time, what is going to happen? And then you've got the religious leaders just thrown in, who they're just looking and watching here. You shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. All of this is going on. But Jesus comes back, and he finds the dad, and dad brings him up to speed. Look, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. I brought my son here. Please, in the end, he just says like, look, I've asked the disciples. They couldn't help. Can you have mercy on us? And will you help us if you can? Now, you'd think that Jesus would just say, yeah, yeah, fine. Come on, bring him here. But Jesus wants to deal with everything that's going on. And that's what we see with Jesus. He deals with the immediate, but he's also dealing with what's going on around him. He's interested in everybody. And so Jesus says, when he hears the dad say, if you can, if I can, if I can. And you see, you get this, and Jesus then says, oh, what's the matter with these people? This is my language. It's sort of the version, my version of scripture. What's the matter with you? Don't you believe anything? Get hold of who I am. If I can, this is not a question of if. Everything is possible for him who believes. Now, can we just let that sink into us? Can I let it sink into me? Because you know those situations. Oh, there's this person down the street. They've got cancer. That's the end of things. And this and that and this. But you know, on all of these issues that we can bring in, that are impossible, impossible. And we've we've tried God, and it's impossible. So actually, our position is, can he do it? Oh, hang on a second. We sound a bit like the dad. If you can, if you can. Jesus comes to the scene and he just says, if I can, everything, everything, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything. Now, for me, okay, when I hear this, okay, great. But now, now you see, now I'm coming back to, okay, I need to listen to this series. I need to listen to what Jesus is like because I need to convince my mind and my heart needs to be transformed to know that he really is good, that he really does care, that even though I've asked once, twice, three times, and nothing seems to be having made the change, he understands where I'm coming from. He still cares about me. He's not forgotten about me. He is interested in me. He wants to connect with me. And he wants me to have confidence, a growing confidence, something that goes from hope to faith, 
I know that he is able. You know, there's a story in the Bible where a leper comes to Jesus. Let's just put the context there. Leprosy is the disease that can be contagious through touching. Okay? Do you remember when we, the COVID thing struck? Everybody was like, keep away from me. Separate ourselves from everybody because if you've got it, I don't want to catch it. So that type of thing we can understand with COVID. Now with leprosy, okay, if anybody came near you with leprosy, no, 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 you don't come near me. I'm away. You keep your distance because you are protecting your own health. That's what leprosy is like. But a leper, he's got hold of this Jesus in his mind and in his heart. Because he comes to Jesus where Jesus is. And he says, if you are willing, you can heal me. You, can you sense the ch- what's happened in him? He's got beyond that. This is impossible. He's got to the place of believing Jesus is able to help me. So he comes to Jesus and Jesus touches him. And says, I'm willing. And he's healed. This is the Jesus that we need. This is the Jesus that I need. This is the Jesus that my family needs. This is the Jesus that my community needs. This is the Jesus that we need to encounter. And we need to put ourselves in the way of encountering him daily. We need to put ourselves in the way of reading these stories and of getting hold of these things so that we can just be strong in who he is and in what he can do for us. This is Jesus. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus says? Anything is possible if a person believes. You know what? I think the dad got caught out by this because the dad's saying like, because you know, he's like, he's got to the point of saying, like, okay, I bought him, nothing's happened. He's got through all that. Now suddenly, Jesus is saying, anything, everything, not anything, everything is possible for him who believes. So dad's like, well, where do you go now? Uh, that isn't in scripture, but I think that's what he said next. Well, I, I do believe, I do believe. Because you want to justify yourself. Yeah, I, I do believe. That's why I came. That's the whole reason I had this thing inside of me. That's why I've come. That's what he's like. I, I'm here. But then he's very normal. And he says, help my unbelief. And I find myself, it, that's me. That's me. All the earnestness of the desire. And yet inside there's this like, will he, won't he? I've tried. What a... And that's us. But Jesus didn't just leave him there. Oh, like, okay, you need to sort that out. Jesus, bring the boy to me. And he sets the boy free. So the boy is transformed now for the rest of his life. Dad is transformed for the rest of his life. The people who saw it are transformed for the rest of, the, for the rest of their lives because they've seen what Jesus can do. Folks, this is what we need. So here, my quick question. So I can, I've gone off track a little bit here. What can we see? A desperate parent with a desperately difficult family situation who has come to Jesus hoping for help. Ring true? Yes, it does. What can we learn? Jesus displays utter confidence. If you can, says Jesus, everything is possible. 
for him who believes. What we need to do is to refocus ourselves. You know what? We can say, well, everything, everything is possible for him who believes. No, it's all right for you, Jesus. You're, you're putting the responsibility on us. That's it. It's all about my faith. I haven't got enough faith. No, oh, it's me. And we can suddenly go down that track. Presumably, some of us have been down that track, yeah? I have. That's all mine. Look, it's not about that. Jesus wants us to know him. He's not a mystic. He's not a name in the Bible. He is a man who lived on earth and is now living in heaven. Okay, that's who it is. Just like the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, the Holy Spirit, and I don't know much about Greek, but I'm told this. Every time the Holy Spirit is mentioned, it's referring to him as a person. It's giving him a person, personality. So this is a person you can encounter. Just like you go for a coffee with one of your friends, or you meet somebody, or you're married to somebody, or you're going out with somebody, you know that person. It's a person, not a name. It's a person. Jesus is a person. And we need to have relationship with him. Have you got relationship with Jesus? Let's be honest with ourselves. What, have I got relationship with Jesus? Well, I know stuff about him. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. Thank you very much. That's where we go to. But let's face up. Have we got relationship? Because you see, what often can happen is we're demanding things of him and we don't even know him. That's why we come back to basics and say, okay, okay, I need to find out. What's this guy like? He is compassionate. He cares for you. He wants to come where you are. He wants to find lost people to bring them out of lostness into wholeness. He wants to bring healing to people. He wants to bring deliverance to people. He wants to bring wholeness. He wants to bring life to people. And he wants people to live with that life so that everybody around them can know and understand that he is real because of what they're experiencing through us, those that are carrying him. We need relationship with Jesus. That's what we need. I think it's just worth noting as I finish this one, and I don't think we're going to get through them all today, which is a shame, um, a point about preparation. And that is, you notice that Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples afterwards, they came to him and says, like, okay, what happened? Why couldn't we do it? And this is interesting. and something we need to learn from. It actually, Jesus says in the, in the NIV, it says, this is all to do with prayer. In some manuscripts, and you look at the bottom of your Bible, and it'll say, some manuscripts say prayer and fasting. So there's a responsibility that we have as believers to deal with issues like prayer and fasting too. If we want to see these things, or sometimes, these de- in this case, a demon, these demons, and I, I don't know enough about this, but obviously you need to be prayed up and you need to be fasted up, ready. There's a degree of spiritual preparation that is necessary for us to see things happen. Let's just be aware of that. Because we can just say, like, okay, there's the miracle, that's what happened. So what we can ask then of Jesus, well, what was his situation? He was prayed up, he was fasted up, he was ready. And he had relationship with his father. So what we need to do is to concentrate on those things. And not necessarily concentrate on fasting alone, just in case you're terrified. But let's concentrate on relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's concentrate on relationship with Jesus. Let's concentrate on making sure we're praying. And you know what? If the Holy Spirit is guiding you, let's concentrate on doing a bit of fasting. This world has got far too much of a grip on us. 
We don't, and we're not supposed to be of this world. We're in the world to represent the whole of the kingdom of heaven. That's what's supposed to be happening in us and through us to others. So just as a point there, that's what Jesus says at the end of that. Let's move on. Second story, the Emmaus Road. The Emmaus Road. Now this story appears in Luke 24. And the reason I put this story in, in one sense the context is slightly different because this isn't about healing or deliverance and those sorts of miracles. But this story is a story about trusting and believing and knowing what has been written and what's been given to us. That's what I think this story shows us. So the scene, if you don't know it, the scene is that uh, we're now uh, three days after Jesus has died. So Jesus and his disciples are in a tough time. They had this great joy and celebration when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and then a week later, he's crucified. Now, again, let's just get hold of this. He's crucified. In our minds, oh yeah, Jesus was crucified, but he rose again. Hang on a second, for them at this moment, he was crucified. This follower, this guy who's been doing all these wonderful things, he's dead. He's dead. And they're at a loss. And here is two followers of, of his, two followers of Jesus, who've been with him. And they've been back to Jerusalem on this day. And they've been meeting with some of the other disciples, really just to talk as you do, you talk through what's happened, you talk about your experiences, you're talking about what's on your heart, you're talking about those things, and now they've left Jerusalem and now they're going back to their home, which is in the village of Emmaus, which is some seven miles outside of Jerusalem. So that's the scene, two guys walking back home and they're now talking about what's happened the rest of the day with them. That's the scene, let's read. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But note this, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, said, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard which is you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here over the last few days what things jesus says the things that happened to jesus the man from nazareth they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of god and all the people but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. I had hoped when I prayed that Jesus was going to answer me. I had hoped that when I fasted this was going to happen. I had hoped. Can you see how we fit into this story here? Uh, we had hoped that he was the Messiah who'd come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then, some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. And Jesus said to them, Quite nicely, you foolish people. 
you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. Okay, just a few quick points. You foolish people. You foolish people. God doesn't, let's just get a hold of this, God doesn't deal in false hope. That's not where he comes from. God doesn't deal in false hope. He wants us to understand that he is faithful, truthful, steadfast, and unchanging. Let me just repeat that, okay? God doesn't deal in false hope. He wants us to understand that he is faithful, that he is truthful, that he is steadfast, and he is unchanging. Now, our circumstances don't automatically shift. Sometimes God allows us to go through things because he loves us so much and knows what needs to be changed in us that he allows that to happen so that change can come in our lives. But hear this, he's never stopped being faithful, he's never stopped loving you, he's never stopped caring about you, and he understands and cares. But also, sometimes he's saying, what on earth are you living with that for? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, because I can give you rest. See, there's another case where it's a case like, come on, you, you don't come to me enough. You don't spend enough time with me. You're not drawing near to me. You're not really believing in who I am. Come to me because I have the ability to help you. God wants us to understand he is faithful. The current situation is, is bound by what our minds can cope with. And that's what we see here. All they could cope with is Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. End of, he's gone. Some of our people said that actually, even when we went back to Jerusalem this morning, they were saying, ladies have been to the tomb, that his body was gone. So, I mean, they've got all these stories, but then it's almost like, like his body's gone. Oh, yeah. It, it, there's, there's, you listen to it, but you can't believe it. And that's what Jesus was annoyed about. Guys, it's all been written down. What's the problem with you? You need to get hold of the scriptures. And so what we see with Jesus in this encounter is he says to them, okay, in effect, he says, okay, we need to do a Bible study. But it's not happening as a Bible study around the scriptures, but it's happening as they walk along. Okay, let's talk about this. And it says that Jesus, Jesus is now looking at himself and he's saying, let me explain who I am and let me go through the scriptures to show what's happened throughout the Old Testament of what has happened about me, what's been said about me, what's going to happen to me. Let me unpack it to you. And that's what he did. 
So starting at Moses, so he's gone back to the first five books of the, of the Old Testament. Starting there, he's going through the prophets and he's revealing about the Messiah, what's going to happen to the Messiah. What's happening on this journey? Well, later on we find out the two uh, followers of Jesus, they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Because they're hearing truth. And you know what, there's something about truth when truth is revealed and the presence of the Holy Spirit is there. Our hearts burn. We want more of this. I can't get enough of this. This is life to me. This is what my heart needs. And that's what those guys were going through. But in effect, Jesus was saying this, listen guys, you need to read the Bible. For goodness sake, there's so much contained in there. If only you had read the scriptures, if only you had asked for the interpretation, if only you'd lived in those scriptures, you would have seen everything that's happened about the Messiah is true. And just to cap all of this off, eventually when they're having dinner and Jesus breaks bread and says, okay, let me just bless this food. Suddenly their eyes are open. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. You've just walked seven miles. It's a case of like, okay, let's wash our hands, let's grab a bit of, a bit of dinner here, get a drink, and we're off. They're going straight back. Because when you know that he is real, you cannot stop but tell somebody else about it. Now, there's a challenge for us. When we know that he is real and that he really can do what he said he could do, there's no way that we can stop telling other people about it because this is the best news. And who doesn't want to receive good news? This is Jesus. If you bear with me just a short while, let's just come on. I want to do this one. The paralyzed man. Because let's just finish this series off. Because I'm, I'm enjoying this, okay? So we've got a little bit of reading. Do one more. The paralyzed man. Okay, and here we are in Luke chapter 5. It doesn't only appear in Luke, this story. This is the story of the guys who bring their paralyzed friend to meet Jesus. Okay, let's read the story. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down in the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. This heading here is Jesus can help. Jesus can help. Now I want to set the scene to you just a little bit. We're in Capernaum, 
okay, a village just near the Lake of Galilee. So we're in Capernaum. And if you look back at some of the other passages where this same story is related, for instance, in Mark chapter, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, it, it tells us that they were in Capernaum. So that's where we know he was. And it seems that the notoriety of Jesus was really spreading far and wide. Uh, we know that there had been some problems. And in actual fact, some scholars think that the issues of the Paul of Bethesda, I know it's another story, that's in Jerusalem, there's a healing of a man by the pool of Bethesda. I can't stop and talk too much about it. But that incident happened on a Sabbath day. The Jewish leaders didn't like it. It's causing uproar. And it seems that that could be the provocation for now. Everybody's found out Jesus is in Capernaum. Poof, all the religious leaders have gone down there. There's a lot of controversy. This guy's healing on the Sabbath. This guy is saying that he's, he's the son of man. What on earth is going on? We can't have this. So they're there to watch and to find out. But equally so, Jesus having been down in Capernaum, he's been doing some amazing things. The, the leper that I talked about, that man who came to Jesus and says, are you willing to heal me? Yes, he's healed. That's just happened. And then following that, Jesus has gone and he's teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And while he's teaching in the synagogue, something else happens. Oh, somebody is delivered. So there's a deliverance that happens in the synagogue. So this is happening on the Sabbath. People are being set free. This is like work. It's, oh my goodness. So the Jewish community are really experiencing things of Jesus. In fact, he goes from that Sabbath day and he goes back home with Peter, goes to Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. He goes up, touches her hand, prays with her. She's suddenly well. She gives them all dinner. That's all good. And then that evening, he's out, and all the townspeople are coming round. And it says this, and this is in Mark 1, 32 to 34. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed, the whole town. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So when it comes to our story of these four fellows bringing their mate to Jesus, there was an atmosphere in this town where it's like, this guy, Jesus, he's the man. He's the man. And so you can imagine these four friends, it doesn't say how old or young they were, but we know that their friend who's paralyzed is a young man. They just say like, okay, we need to get him, our friend, to Jesus. Because this Jesus can help him. And so that's what they do. They get him on a mat, they're taking him there, they're carrying a corner each. Okay, they're dragging this guy there. They get to where Jesus is and everybody else has got a similar idea. Let's gather in around Jesus. So where Jesus is, and he's in a house, there's crowds around him. And so it's like, okay. But these guys have got what we need. Let's put it like that. They can say, this man, Jesus, is who I need to meet. We need him. We need relationship with him. We need to encounter him, and we're going to. So for them, right, guys, we can't get in through the front door. Up on the roof. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do it. So they're up on the roof, they're pulling up the tiles, and the next thing you know, they're lowering their friend down. Hello, Jesus. They're lowering him down there, and they put their friend in front of Jesus. We made it. We made it. And now there's a bit of, you know, rumors and stuff going on, and Jesus turns around to their friend. 
your sins are forgiven. What's all that about? He's supposed to be healing him. He's still paralyzed. What is all this about? Jesus deals with the situation and the whole situation. That's in front of him and that's all around him. And he needed to deal particularly with that which was around him, which is all of this religious atmosphere of saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you need to sort this out, hey, you, who are you calling yourself? So he says, just in case you didn't know, and you needed to know, the Son of Man has the ability to forgive sins on earth. Young man, your sins are forgiven. But also, look at it the other way around. The chief need of this young man was to know forgiveness of his sins. He might have been sick, he might have been paralyzed, but the biggest need that every single one of us has is do we know that our sin is forgiven and that we are right with God? Because if we don't know that, we're estranged from God and we can't even get near to him. So he's dealing with the biggest need that this man has. And as I say, all the other people are getting uptight. Whoa, 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 you know, all this stuff's going on. And then Jesus having said, okay, look, just so you know, that I have the ability on earth to forgive sins. In other words, he's saying to the religious leaders, you're worried about me saying that I'm the son of God. You're, doing, you're worried about me doing things on the Sabbath. You need to understand exactly who I am. And I'm going to put it before you once again. I have authority on earth to forgive sins. But there again, what's easier to say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. So he just says to the man, get up, take your mat, go home. There it is. The paralyzed man. Do you remember we keep coming with impossible situations? What's your impossible situation? Because this man's paralyzed. He can't walk. I don't know whether he can talk. He can't do anything much for himself. An impossible situation. But you see, with God, everything is possible for him who believes. And so he just says to the man, get up, take up your mat, go home. So he does. Everybody there, cheering, clapping, shouting, screaming, excitement. Why? Because when Jesus comes, he brings fullness of joy. He can take away sorrow. He can take away pain. He can take away depression. He can change our lives if only we will let him in. Will you let him in? This? Will you let him in? Will I let him in? This is my cry at the moment. Lord, help me. Help me to know you. Help me to know you because you are good. I don't want to be limited. I, I don't want this stuff in my mind. You know what I was saying to somebody this week? I know about prayer and I pray. And I know in my mind we need to pray. I want that to move to my heart so that I'm not praying because this is what we need to do. I'm praying because I'm encountering him. I'm encountering him. And when I'm meeting with him, it's not like should I pray, ought I to pray. It's like I am connecting with him and I want to do that. May God help each one of us to grow in our faith. What we want to do is encounter Jesus. I want to encourage you. If you've 
learn anything, if you're being stirred by anything through these talks, go back to the Gospels and read the Gospels and look at what Jesus is like and look at how he helps and remember he is for you, he's not against you. Whatever problem, whatever situation you are facing, with God, it's not impossible. With you, yes. We've got to let go, but we've got to allow God. And as we allow God, he is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. Let's just stand together. I'm just going to pray and then we'll, we'll finish. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us. Lord, we come before you. And Father, you are right when you say we are foolish. You are right when you say that we are unbelieving as a generation. You are right, Lord, that we are stubborn. You are right, Lord, that we are hard-hearted. But, Father, we have seen. And, Lord, our minds have grasped how good you are. Lord, we ask in help our hearts, Lord, to catch up. Help our hearts, Lord, to engage with you. Help our hearts, Lord, to trust in you. And Father, we cry out to you now in the name of Jesus. Will you bring deliverance? Will you bring salvation? Will you bring healing? Will you bring change, Lord, that we need? Will you set us on fire, Lord? Will you allow your spirit to come? Father, you have said in your word, you will pour out your water upon the thirsty ground. And we are asking you, Lord, according to your word, will you fulfill your promise amongst us and will you cause the life of heaven to be filled in our hearts Lord Father we need you in all of our circumstances Lord give us patience and yet give us courage Lord to trust you and to come to you and to seek you for change because we believe that you are the same yesterday today and forever so Holy Spirit Please do your work in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come more regularly into our lives. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to flow in our hearts. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to soften us. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to rain down righteousness upon us. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to lead us and to guide us into all truth, even as you have said you will do, that you would take of the things of Jesus and make them known to us. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to do this work in us, that we might know our Savior better. So, Father, have mercy. Come and meet our needs. Come and strengthen our hearts. Come and revive us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.